Good evening, workshoppers. Well, to say that a lot has happened since the last episode is a bit of an understatement. And I guess I, I really don't need to preface it all, you know, all that much, given uh, it's just been the talk of the town in every single Blizzard community. Uh, but yeah, we've, uh, we've got some things to talk about in this episode. So, so welcome to episode 215. We've got some things to talk about. Uh, if you if you only caught the um, the vod or the live show on Twitch uh, from episode 214, you might have missed it. But for those of you that watched on YouTube or were just listening to the podcast um, on the audio streams, uh, you will have seen that I did go through and make a statement because literally the day after I recorded episode 214 was when the lawsuit against Activision Blizzard. You know, going through and taking them to town for, you know, rampant cases of um, sexual harassment and discrimination, you know, got filed by the state of California. And I felt that, you know, to, to go through and like just have like this happy, cheery, upbeat episode, like the future is so bright, when literally like in between the recording and me publishing it, you know, this this lawsuit goes through and drops. And it's not just the lawsuit, but then it's the outpouring of stories from, you know, everyone that had been affected by this. Uh, you know, and this isn't just, like, some, like, recent thing, you know, even though the investigation itself only started a couple of years ago. You know, this is, this is stuff that's dating back decades, you know, or at least, you know, all the way back, you know, to, like, 2010, 2013 and some of the allegations... Uh, that are dropped in this lawsuit and those would be built off of cultures that were developed on the years leading up to those events as well uh, and so I felt that after you know having just gone through and like started you know tweeting about like this uh, really cool um, Diablo Immortal gift pack that I got with like an embroidered hoodie and all that it would to me at least I felt the need to also be honest about um, my feelings uh, in regards to all of this, in that it, it should be something that's discussed and denounced, um, because these these are these are you know allegations and such against Blizzard are the things that we were always like, well at least that doesn't happen at Blizzard, right? You know you look uh, you look back a couple of years at Riot, you know, and the uh, sexual discrimination and harassment lawsuits that the employees brought after that big expose back in 2018. And it was like, well, at least that stuff doesn't happen at Blizzard. You know, you, you hear, like, the horror stories of how people are treated over at, like, Rockstar. And it's like, well, at least that stuff doesn't happen at Blizzard. But then you find out, yeah, that, yeah, that stuff happens at Blizzard, too. It happens a lot, uh, apparently. Uh... And yeah, you know, it, it, this this episode isn't going to be entirely going and talking about the uh, the lawsuit. It's not going to be all doom and gloom, though a fair decent of it, you know, is going to be going through and trying to tackle, you know, tough subjects uh, like this, you know. Um, but uh, I, I do want to go through and state that, you know, at least, you know, in, in my position, like, I, I really have nothing at risk for going through and, you know, talking about these things and wanting to hold Blizzard accountable for these actions and for Blizzard to do better, to be a better company and to live up to the ideals that, you know, we as Blizzard fans had expected, you know, that this company was going through and providing all along, only to go through and find out that, up oh, no, Blizzard is, Blizzard is pretty much just like, you know, not just every other like company in the, the the gaming industry but you know the majority of companies in tech and stuff like that and it's not even just like completely all like you know the harassment uh and discrimination that women are going through and facing because there's also stories of men that are going through and coming out uh in you know all of these you know uh, that are coming to light after these allegations when people are actually feeling as if their voices are can be heard when you have more of a, a collective resonance that's going through and chiming into you know all these terrible things that have happened and you know it's just it's it's uh it's really it's saddening it's heartbreaking it like it hurt me a lot anyone that's listened to the show knows like i'm a i'm a blizzard fanboy i mean you can go through 
And for those of you that are, you know, like watching at home, you can see behind me, I've got a shrine to like Diablo with a, a ton of other, you know, like Starcraft and Warcraft, uh, like collector's edition and memorabilia in the back. You know, so this, this to go through and see that, you know, Blizzard isn't anything different or isn't anything special, you know, compared to, you know, other companies and such, you know, because it hurts. It hurts when you see people that, you know, you've had like professional relationships for years or even people that you've come and developed uh, into close friends um, share stories about like the, the pain or the discrimination that they've uh, that they encountered while working there. You know, some cases it's been, you know, constant, you know, for years uh, that they would have to go through and face this or people that worked at the company, you know, seven, eight years ago. And we're going through and dealing with, you know, a uh, bullshit like this it not even just like, uh, you know, maybe necessarily like sexual discrimination, but just, you know, people in higher up positions with completely untouchable egos that they, they can't. Um, that they can't take criticism and they end up taking it out on, you know, smaller devs or, you know, people that work in the, the non-dev team, such as uh, community service or QA, except as you know, um, on the show here, we consider anyone that works, you know, at a, a gaming company as a developer, whether you work in community service, custom, you know, um, Q&A or anything like that, you're a developer, you know, you, you have equal stake in the development of these games and going through and giving feedback, you know, to the, the, the game devs, the programmers, engineers and such with what the, the community is in tap to without people fulfilling those roles. And, you know, how would people know, you know, how would the developers know that the community is having certain reactions? And this is something that you can see that happens a lot, like say over on the world of Warcraft side, where a lot of times the developers are just like, Oh, we didn't expect the community to react that way. You know, it's like, well, if maybe if you were listening to the CS teams a little bit more, they you might have a, a better understanding of what the the community's wants are and such. Um, now I'm, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be like overly negative or anything like that. But it just it did. You know, it just it really hurts when you hear stories from people that worked, you know, in the the community management and such, and just how how much you know their their pleas. Of trying to get the devs to understand community concerns just fell on deaf ears and such and just like for what reason you know why <sighs> doesn't make sense but then again you know I <sighs> okay trying to try to go through and uh, and stay on topic you know, here without going and uh, ranting or meandering as I um, am, uh, am want to do. Uh, I, I do want to at least go through and say that, you know, uh, there are a lot of people out there that are going through and they're, they're boycotting uh, Blizzard products. They're not playing games. You know, they're uninstalling, unsubscribing. And, you know, that that's perfectly understandable. You know, you, you don't want to go through and show your support for a company that is now has these massive allegations against them that, you know, they're mistreating their employees at like almost every level. And, you know, I get that. I understand. There's a, you know, there's a, there's a lot of hurt and rage, you know, that can go into that because a lot of us all hold Blizzard like in a much higher regard. But then at the, the same time, you know, a phrase that I've heard, you know, over and over again since all these allegations dropped was that, you know, there are always more victims than there are abusers. And so, you know, to, to no longer support them, to uninstall the game, not play Diablo anymore and such, you know, is sticking it to the people that were victims of all this harassment and abuse as much as it is to the people in the corporate levels that just turned a blind eye and allowed all of this to happen under their watch. And, and you know, it, 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 but it does you know, raise the question, you know, is it okay to like a problematic thing? And, um, you know, the, uh, the, the weekly reset with uh, Taylorson and Evelyn um, from a couple weeks ago had a really great episode. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I know that it's probably like the you might be getting sick of it by now because like the only thing I've been tweeting for the last two weeks is all about like this lawsuit. I have not been silent um, or scared to go through and talk about this and want and I because I want Blizzard to be better. I want Blizzard to do better. You know, I want Blizzard to to go back to being the company that I held in such high regards that have all come crashing down. You know, 
That that's what that's what I want. And you know, and so you know, I, I remain hopeful that maybe we we can get you know we can get that blizzard back again. Or at least something closer, you know, because you know, what is it? There's no ethical consumption under capitalism is, is something else that I've seen that's thrown out there. Because it's like, oh yeah, I'm not going to play Blizzard games anymore. Let me go and play like League or Valorant. You know, Riot, of course, they had all of their discrimination cases back in 2018. And the thing that isn't as reported or talked about as, as much is that, you know, Riot is dealing with the lawsuit from the, from the state of California that got filed back in February. Like, they're dealing with the same exact thing. You go through and you look at, like, like even, like, you know, Naughty Dog, Rockstar, and like, Ubis uh, Ubisoft is another, like, huge one, you know, in recent memory of all these uh, all these companies that have these uh, problematic, uh, kind of like, you know, frat boy cultures. And, uh, it's just, uh, you know, what, well, what video games are there left to play? Oh, let's go and play New World, right? You know, from Amazon, the, uh, <laughs> the company that makes their workers piss in bottles to hit you know, um, efficiency metrics, right? That's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna support that company and play that game. It's, it's rough. You know, it's really rough when you start going through and trying to take like an ethical or moral stance because there's, every company is shitty. You know, it, it's, it, you kind of like have to, have to, to pick your battles and what you want. And one of the things that I at least am continuing to stand, you know, on the side of the Blizzard employees, both current and former, is because they want Blizzard to be better and be the company that we all thought it was for all of this time and so that's that's what i want to see you know and i'm willing to support those voices that are speaking up and trying to make meaningful changes at blizzard um you know because especially because not everyone at activision blizzard wants you know uh you know to make certain changes and such because if you go through and you look at you know um activision you know activision blizzard this is of course at the the corporate level um you know their their response has been entirely tone deaf and like even to the point of well these allegations are bullshit because it hasn't happened to me and i've worked in a corporate level for four months at this company oh or the allegations are like a decade old so obviously that makes it better right Right? The allegations are old. That means they don't count. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, going and hiring a very well-known uh, law firm that has built its reputation on, like, union busting. Um, they even have it, like, in their company description of union... Uh, what was it? It was union consultation in avoidance. Uh... And, you know, it's, it's uh, just definitely you can see that, uh, you know, ATVI is already in damage control. They had their uh, quarter two earnings call today. And prior to that, earlier today, they let go of uh, J. Allen Brack, um, who has uh, stepped down, you know, as uh, president of Blizzard. Um, and also the, the head of HR was let go today not in a press release or anything like that but you know it was later found out and reported on like bloomberg and such and like the majority of these allegations didn't even happen when brack was president of blizzard it happened before when morheim was in charge and so it definitely is like this is just a sacrificial lamb this is the goat that they they hung out in the t-rex cage um you know hoping to deflect attention it, it's it's it, it, it's, it doesn't make any meaningful changes. It doesn't actually hold anybody that perpetrated these acts, you know, accountable. You know, it's just throwing a name out there, maybe to appease shareholders, and try to see as if they're going through and doing something. Um, you know, and during the earnings call, you know, it was mentioned that they, they're listening to their employee feedback, but at the same time, they've not acknowledged a single one of the employee's demands. You know, and, and, you know, it begins to, you begin to see a nature where they're going through and they're like, they're, they're saying certain things and they're playing certain lip service uh, with the, the way that they do things, but they're not actually making meaningful changes, you know, to the company so far. Where we're not, we're not seeing, you know, uh, we're not seeing anything 
that the companies that the workers are actually asking for. We're just seeing more like political BS and such. And you know, and the the employees are going through and they're putting together. There's a hashtag, a better ABK, Activision Blizzard King. Um, and there's there's literally just four things that the employees are asking for, like in their mandate. Uh, number one, an end to mandatory arbitration clauses in all employee contracts, current and future. You know, arbitration clauses protect abusers and limit the ability of the victims to seek restitution. Number two, uh, the adoption of recruiting, interviewing, hiring, and promotion policies designed to improve representation among employees at all levels, agreed upon by employees in a company-wide diversity, equity, and inclusion organization. Current practices have led to women in particular, uh, or in particular women of color and transgender women, non-binary people, and other marginalized groups that are vulnerable to gender discrimination of not being hired fairly for new roles when compared to men. And this is something that you can see. And this isn't like this isn't like something that is like, oh, like diversity police or anything like that. You have like just do a simple search and you'll find dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of testimony of women that were passed up on promotions and such. I mean you can even go through and look here in the Diablo community, uh Nevelistus, you know, uh, Brandy, our former community manager, uh went through and shared the story about how she, she was actually the associate community manager for five of the six years that she worked on the team and everybody knows her as the face of blizzard that she was that was you know that was the person that represented diablo to the entire community um it was like the the sole uh community member that was working on blizzard you know towards the end or not blizzard but on diablo like towards the end um and you know she was an associate manager she only like towards the end got promoted to community manager and she was also denied you know like the manager of community management for the diablo franchise well she saw other people around her go through and get promoted you know her request to like go through and hire like additional people and such were you know kind of fell on deaf ears and then as soon as she goes and leaves they hire three more because she was like doing like an insane workload uh, you know, and, you know, all for the, having the associate manager title and not, you know, in uh, anyone that had worked with, uh, Nevelistus or, you know, if you, if you kind of like had your finger to the pulse in the Diablo community knew how much that she did, uh, both in front of the camera and behind the scenes, uh, and making sure that like the, the thoughts and concerns of the community were being heard by the developers. You know, so it's one of those ones where it's like, it is, there, there is definitely, you know, things that were going on that just were not fair to everybody. It benefited, it benefited some and not others. And what, what they're meaning with the, like the second point is that they, they want it to be open. It's something that is that employees can go through and look at these policies and everybody can know. I know it's something that goes through and happens at my own company. Like, you know, talking about your wages is a fireable offense. And in my position, I have access to some data and I can tell you that one of the reasons that they go and do that is because I see managers doing different workloads and their pay does not speak to that. I have managers that are going through busting their ass and actually care about the company. And they're making like $10,000 a year less than other managers that kind of like sit behind the desk all day. And only come out to the floor to help when it's like a crisis situation. Otherwise, you're like they're, you know, watching YouTube or something. And, you know, it's... It, it, it's it's telling and if everybody knew what the other person was making it would be a much different situation you know but moving on the uh, the third one publication of data on relevant compensation as I was just going through and talking about promotion rates and salary ranges for employees of all genders ethnicities at the company current practices have led to the uh, aforementioned groups not being paid or promoted fairly you know, so that way you can go through and you can definitely see um, in those situations that it's like, oh, you know, I've, you know, I've been, you know, a QA analyst or I've been a, you know, associate community manager, you know, or I've been just a, a associate environmental artist for four years. And you just hired on, you know, this, this new person to go through and join the team. And they're making just as much money as I am. It's like, that doesn't make sense. I've been here for four years. Why are they making the same amount of money as me? 
in the same position, you know? Uh, their prior experience might be nice and all of that, but I've worked at the company for four years, you know? Like, I have the experience that you want. And then, uh, finally, their final one is to empower a company-wide, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion task force to hire a third party to audit ABK's reporting structure, HR department, and executive staff. It is imperative to identify how the current systems have failed to prevent employee harassment and propose new solutions to address these issues. And that goes back to, you know, the whole fact that, you know, the, the corporate management at Activision Blizzard have, has gone and hired a company that has ties you know, to multiple of the corporate level executives who either they have working relationships from like the State Department and the FDI, uh, you know, to just having used them for, you know, other types of lawsuits and things like that in the past. And they can't be fair and impartial when they obviously have the, the corporate crew, you know, in, you know, in their, you know, kind of like in their back pocket. And, you know, so that's that's uh, something that you saw, you know, uh, trending on Twitter today is a whole bunch of employees, you know, you know, uh, current and former that were going through and tweeting that, you know, um, I reject Activision Blizzard's hiring of Wilmer Hale, you know, in regards to this matter, you know, and it's it's uh, it's important to go through and stand up for those things, because otherwise, you know, things might not happen. You know, go back and look at Riot. You know, they had that massive expose back in 2018. Um, they had a, a private lawsuit filed by the employees against them. Uh, and, you know, their, their counter was, oh, well, the employees have arbitration clauses, so they can't actually, you know, deliver testimony in, like, this lawsuit for discrimination and fair, uh, fair wage practices and such. You know, and they're, they're trying everything that they can not to help their employees because when you go through and you talk to some of the, the women that were involved in this case that, like, either stayed or left the company, and it's like, well, things have kind of improved, but not really. And then one of the biggest perpetrators was, like, one of the co-creators of Riot, and he got sent on, like, a couple-month paid vacation and had to take, you know, sensitivity training. Like, what the fuck is that? You know? And that's going to be like more or less the same thing that happens if the, the the employees don't you know come together in order to fight back against these types of practices. You know, it's just going to be you're going to have your you know your your sacrificial lambs like J. Allen Brack. You know, they're going to deflect the cases over to either people that are named in the case uh, specifically, hold them accountable, fire them if they even still work at the company, which the majority of the ones that are named, I don't believe, um, are still at Blizzard. You know, or just continue to point at, at people that are no longer there. You know, they're just going to try and deflect blame and not really make meaningful changes. And the the one other common current in the stories that you're going and hearing from the employees is that you know HR was not their friends. HR was there to protect um, you know the company's interests, and in some cases were there to protect like the abusers because they had positions of power. You know, you know, going through and HR should not be defending the actions of, you know, abusers and saying, no, they're just like that. Or what were you wearing? And it's just like any any of the stereotypical, like uh, completely um, tone deaf responses that you see get like betrayed in movies, which are so just like over the top comical that you can't believe that they're real. And yet real people are saying these in situations that are just like it, it's just abhorrent it's terrible it's appalling it's disgusting to go through and continue to read about these things so you know i'm definitely going through standing with the employees on this one i i want blizzard to do better i want to be able to go through and play diablo 4 diablo 5 diablo 6 diablo immortal 2 diablo battle royale or diablo dark souls or whatever's gonna come out in the next like 30 years um with a you know a clear conscience you know because you know if if things don't improve if things don't get better you know and they continue to maintain you know kind of the, this uh culture that creates possibilities for their employees to be abused or exploited it's, it's not it's not a company that i want to continue to give money to you know but i want i want to support the people that are trying to make the efforts for that company to be better and so that's why you know i 
know, it, it did take, you know, some, some thinking on it and some restless nights to go through and kind of like be, make, make peace with it, that it's okay to like problematic things, you know, as long as you, you try, uh, or at least hope that, you know, they can, they can work on those problematic issues so they can, you know, be a better company. They can do better. And that's what I, I hope Blizzard does. And it's something that I'm going to continue to follow, you know, for throughout the, the course of, of this lawsuit, however long that it might take and listen to, you know, the, uh, the, the victims that are coming out with their, their stories, you know, both past and present and, you know, just go from there. But as I mentioned, you know, at the beginning of the episode, it's not, it's not all bad stuff. You know, it, it does, it, it is, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, and it's something that's going to kind of hang over all Blizzard news going forward. But, I mean, we do have some really cool things. Like, you know, patch 2.7.1 in season 24 are some of the, the, the best Diablo 3 has ever been. You know, people are going through having tons of fun. I don't know if you went through and you caught my stream uh, at the beginning of the season when I was streaming for um, the Level with the Cause for the Save the Children Foundation. We had uh, an amazing stream going through and raising money for uh, the charity. We raised over, uh, we ended up, I believe, at like $550 raised uh, for Save the Children. So, you know, thank you, bless you uh, to everybody uh, that went through and chipped in, you know, towards the, uh, that great cause, that great charity. A huge shout out to Wolf Cryer, um, that puts that on every single season, you know, that has to go through and wrangle that massive beast on such short notice, because it's not like we really get too much of a, uh, a heads up on when the seasons are going to start, and then he has to put all those pieces together of organizing the charity, getting all the streamers together, you know, putting, putting all the communication and stuff out there, so, uh, big props to the big man Wolf Cryer on that one. Um, and I, I, I will I will get around to going through and streaming. I do still want to get all of the um, ethereal weapons uh, throughout the course of the season. Unlock that feat of strength. I, I haven't played you know since that Saturday that that last um, that last stream that I did. Uh, mostly you know it's like because it's like it it bums it just it bums me out you know. Um, and it's still like at the time was going and processing through you know those emotions of learning all of this stuff you know coming to light. Um, and then now it's, I'm kind of in a, a crunch cycle. As I've mentioned on previous episodes, I've got my Warhammer tournament that's going through and coming up on August 14th. Uh, and I'm just in like a full, full blown, uh, emergency mode with painting and it's uh, just not leaving. It's kind of like sucking up a lot of my free time. So in between, you know, chores and spending time with, you know, the, the girlfriend and everything, uh, I've, uh, I've been trying to dedicate, you know, a couple hours every night, the time that I would normally spend, like, you know, gaming, whatever, whatever it might be, to just painting, and I, I've got one weekend left, uh, because I leave on Friday the 13th to go up there to the tournament, and I just realized that that's Friday the 13th. Hmm. Ominous. But, um, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's an ongoing process. I've been sharing some pictures you know, on Twitter and such for the, the, the work that I've been going through and doing. I, uh, once, once the, the tournament passes, my, my schedule should free up a little bit and I'll be going back playing some Diablo. We'll see about streaming it. You know, you know me and streaming. Uh, just, I rarely have the, uh, the, the energy to go through. I mean, I, props to, to our community for being able to go up there like every day. And be able to stream and blast, uh, you know, in in the Diablo game, make it an enjoyable experience for the community. Because I I don't have it in me, in order to go through and do something like that every single day. I I'm not I am definitely not a streamer. Uh, I prefer to sit back and talk, you know, right? Um, but uh, yeah, and it, it's something that it's like the feedback. Not it's not just for like the the streamers and some of the the, the big content creators. Their communities too have all been going and saying. Like this this season and like the the play styles that get unlocked, the the hunt of going through every time you see that lovely teal beam, it's it just tickles a spark of joy, because like these items are awesome, they're impactful. When you actually go in and you handcraft and put like these specific you know properties on it, because it's just like say you're playing a necromancer and you see, you know like a scythe of the cycle drop before you identify it, it's like. 
it, it needs, you know, X, Y, Z uh, stats to be rolled on it, no socket, and all those other things in order to be good. Um, you know, or even if it's a primal that is like, well, shoot, uh, you know, I hope it doesn't roll with, you know, life on hit and, and uh, like vitality or something like that. Because then, you know, oh, well, that's that's rip on that item. It's, uh, you know, it's knowing exactly what you get and only having the surprise of like the passive and the legendary effect. And for like a lot of classes, the passive is just like whatever, you know, some builds like they really only need like three passives in the fourth is just like, ah, oh, whatever, you know, it's like a freebie, and so then having a fifth from the weapon is, it don't matter what it is, I don't have any better choices to put in there anyways. Um, you know, just getting the right weapon property, you know, can go through, or even if you get the, if you're we're early on in the season, or if you haven't been blasting yourself, and you're still going and getting your gear together, um, you know, to go and start hitting, like, you know, the GR100s or what have you, you're still cranking up to Guardian, um, you know, it, it can just be fun because you go through and you find something drops and it's like, oh, well, that's, I'm going to base my entire build around this item because it went through and dropped. You know, it's like, I got a pretty cool, I got an okay, it's not the legendary I was looking for, but I got an okay one and all the other skill bonuses are just like insane. So why not? Let's, let's go through and play this build. Let's try it out. And people are just having a blast. People are loving it. Absolutely loving it. Uh, and I hope that this is something that comes to stay. We, we know that the Ethereals are not going to, to copy over to the non-season. They are gone after this. But maybe, just maybe, in future seasons, they might still go through and add in uh, some weapon types like this. Or maybe they can go back and reassess primals. You know, make, uh, make primals for as rare as they are, maybe a bit less random so that way when you see one drop you are excited you know it's not just oh boy i got a ring that's probably just gonna go through and roll you know like vit life percentage and like all res you know i want and not even main stat you know if they just you know it is something that has been um a, a big topic of mine for the longest time of when you know, you take the time to go through and hand make systems and give it a little bit less to RNG, you get more meaningful experiences. Uh, you know, especially when you look at you know uh, greater rifts and such. If you had, if if people were able to experience the custom rift that they made at BlizzCon a few years ago, where it actually had like sub bosses and like little things that you had to do and challenges and things within the the rift like if people got to experience that and you could make it like harder and more challenging instead of like the the pre-built gear um that you know you you used uh during that um that uh that demo i, I think that that would open up a, a whole other play experience um uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it, maybe it's still outside of the realm for Diablo 3, though we're getting more and more content than I would ever have thought possible. If you had asked me that we would be getting, like, this type of content updates for Diablo 3, like, a year ago, even when they started, like, really ramping up the production of the, the, the game, uh, or, like, for the, the, the seasons, and really making us excited about seasons again, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, you know, like this. This is just awesome to see everything that they're going through and doing, and uh, the future is definitely very bright. Um, you know, for for Diablo three, there's still a lot of life left in this game. It really is. Uh, and and also, you know, it it's August. It's August. The the Diablo two beta is just around the corner. Um. Uh, we even have, uh, you know, we have the, uh, the the confirmation that the game isn't delayed, you know. Uh, let's see. I can go through and pull it up here on the screen. Uh, you know, so uh, yesterday, um, Pez Radar, our lovely community manager, manager uh, went through and said, uh, you know, nothing is delayed. Beta is still in August. We will have more news soon. You know, and so it's just like, you know, it's it's funny because this this one through this uh, forum post over on the official Blizzard forums was just asking, you know, it's like, oh, I think Diablo 2 has been delayed. 
um, you know, because of the lawsuit and all the allegations and such, that obviously it's that's going to cause problems. Maybe not something for as, as close to release as D2R is, but for something like Diablo 4, it, it could it could potentially cause some problems, especially if like we really don't know the full extent of things that happened and what each of the teams are. Now, the WoW team and the Battle.net team are like the two uh, the two big ones that have been called out um, in the in the lawsuit. But you know, it, it's it's um, naive to think that it oh it's it doesn't happen. That's a WoW issue. It doesn't happen on the Diablo team. It'd be naive to think that it doesn't happen on Diablo. Uh, we just have to assume that it does. Uh, and so it could have, you know, maybe some long-lasting effects on, like, the Diablo 4 development, since that game is still pretty far out. Uh, we we just, we don't know. And I'm okay with it. Like, just putting it out there, I'm fine. Delay, you know, Diablo 4. You know, delay Diablo 2 if it means that the employees are treated better and with more respect. 100% okay. Fine in my book. Uh, but, you know, Diablo 2, the the beta is still starting in August. Uh, looking forward to it, even though I still can't play an Assassin or a Necromancer. Uh, but it is, um, and the, the game is still set for release on September 23rd. Uh, you know, and we've got the, um, they actually, you know, there was the Activision Blizzard earnings call today, you know, uh, and we we got you know a little bit a little bit of tidbits um, on that one. Uh, we went through. and We got to see you know f specifically for the Diablo, the highly anticipated Diablo 2 Resurrected will launch on PC and console on September 23rd. Um, you know Diablo Immortal is continuing to progress well with testing, receiving excellent feedback for its gameplay. The team is pursuing additional opportunities to make this title even more engaging for a wider audience, and the launch date is now slated for the first half of 2022. And I'll, I'll be I'll be covering Diablo Immortal in a little bit. And then finally, uh, Blizzard continues to make strong progress on Diablo 4 and is allocating substantial resources to creating exciting in-game content to drive engagement over multiple years. You know, all all pretty cool. That's that's stuff that we like to hear, right? work is continuing everything looks good um so i'm you know i'm looking forward to uh diablo 2 resurrected uh it's 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 gonna be fun um you know we'll we'll see depending upon when like it would it would like say for the rest of the community would love diablo 2 resurrected beta to drop tomorrow but i would be i would be sad because i really wouldn't be able to play a lot of it because i i gotta get this stupid army painted um and so i really wouldn't be able to take advantage of that and play around with it that much until you know after next week um you know boohoo first world problems right oh i'm going and playing in a giant nerd tournament so i can't go through and fully appreciate my other nerd hobby woe is me i i fully recognize the uh the, the first world issue going on right there um, but it's, uh, it's, it's looking good. It's looking awesome. Uh, and then, you know, as, as stated there, uh, we did also have a blog post. Now you'll remember on last week's episode, I asked Blizzard to go through and give us a, uh, you know, a, a dev update, uh, for Diablo Immortal. Kind of like how we had the, uh, the, the feedback and the findings of the Diablo 2 Resurrected Alpha. And we got a nice, uh, juicy post where they went through and talked about um, how the the they've implementing changes in the art and design, and, and I, I wanted you know to get something like that for Diablo Immortal. So obviously, this all comes from me going through and asking on a very tiny podcast uh, to go through and then put together the the monumental effort of writing this this uh, this blog. Um, but yeah, it went through, and we got uh, some notes. You know, they're going through making some changes, like, uh, to the Heliquary system, where what the Heliquary was, was, um, you know, through going and doing various daily goals, you would get a resource that you could, um, uh, trade in for levels of the Heliquary, and it just gave you flat, um, offensive and defensive rating, which is kind of like leveling up your character. It was just a, an alternate avenue of advancement that wasn't as fast or as powerful as like upgrading your gear or getting power uh, paragon levels, but still was something that you could make meaningful progression on your character day after day. 
you know, you could go through and level up your Heliquary, you know, either every day or every other day or every three days. You know, the, the further along that you got, the higher the levels, the more, you know, of the resource it took to do. Um, and at certain thresholds, uh, at, in the alpha, it was every ten levels, you could go and fight a really difficult boss monster uh, in order to uh, get a um, permanent upgrade for the Heliquary that then gave you uh, not just a, a massive bonus to your offense and defense rating, but also a passive bonus that you would get when completing challenge rifts. I believe the ones were like um, attack speed, just a flat crit chance, I think like a, a damage reduction or something like that uh, for the, the three ones that we had unlocked in the alpha. And this is something that will be coming, you know, time after time and they'll be doing, uh, when they were talking about this during the alpha, the idea was maybe monthly or some, but would, there would be a pretty, you know, decent cadence to it of when they would go and develop additional monsters for you to fight for the Heliquary. And one of the changes that they're going and making, because people were hungry for more, uh, you know, um, challenging PvE content at max level, that they're making these Heliquary bosses even more difficult than they were. These were some of the, the toughest challenges in the game at the respective levels when they came out, um, you know, at the time. Uh, for for people to engage in, but now they are specifically going to be created as eight player raids. So you have to have the you know a full a full player group in Diablo Immortal is four people. So you've got two groups that have to come together in order to complete these challenges, and so it gives a little bit more incentive to um, group up and play together. Since Immortal is being marketed as an MMO ARPG, it, it just makes sense you know going through and giving more high end group based content to play with. Uh, they also are wanting to go through and they're implementing some changes with bounties to make them more targeted. You're not, uh, so when you go through and you get your four bounties, they're all going to be in the same zone. It reduces you having to go through and load to different waypoints, a whole bunch of map loading. Uh, you know, it just makes the, the experience faster, more refined, and is it's reducing that time requirement that you have to do every single day. Uh, you know, especially if they're all like in one particular area, you can go in with this change. I can already tell you, you're going to be able to knock out those bounties faster and faster. Because before, depending upon if you got a good set, maybe 45 minutes to like an hour and a half to complete all of the, uh, the, the bounties um, every day. And this is just going to push that down and make it even faster. And so it doesn't feel you can you can fit, you know, a, a whole um, a whole axe worth of bounties in much faster, you know. Uh, as well as going and making it so that way challenge rifts are going to reward new upgrade materials that can't be obtained in any other way. And it's, uh, it's interesting because yeah, they, they go through and they say that and I know what it means, but I don't know what it means. Because at least that there wasn't any other systems in the game that were requiring like upgrade materials that you couldn't... <laughs> oh, excuse me. Pardon me. Sorry about that. Uh, there, there wasn't any other systems in the game that were requiring an upgrade material that you couldn't already acquire. So it's either going to make maybe like high end, like the, the 16 to 20 uh, range for upgrading your gear require things from the, the upper challenge rifts. Maybe it'll be tied into the Heliquary system. Or maybe it's just going to be another system that they haven't even announced yet. Because... Um, one of one of my thoughts on this was that you know during the Diablo Immortal playtest, you know we were we were specifically playtesting like the PvP and like PvPVE content, and that the high end game, you know PVE stuff we had not yet experienced, and that there would be other systems or mechanics that we had yet to see in the game, and that we're going to be waiting for the other uh, testing cycle, which you know was supposed to come later this year. But, you know, with the game being delayed until the first half of 2022, we might not see. And that's okay. The, the game itself played phenomenal during the closed alpha. And I can only imagine it's going to get better. Um, uh, you've got the... Uh, they're going to uh, re-look at uh, Battleground, the Battleground system, making it more enjoyable. They're going to evaluate matchmaking. Um, the class balance was another one, as well as, like, the time to kill. Uh, in order to try and make it uh, a better experience for everybody uh, that was there, or the, everybody that participated in it. Um, they're going to uh, make some passing changes to the cycle of strife uh, that is um, going to continue to optimize that feature. They didn't really give 
um, any any clear indication or anything like that about what they're what they're going to do. Uh, I hope that, that there there's there's some uh, room for improvement on like the immortal side because it's just like go and do regular stuff and you get more rewards. It doesn't feel as engaging as being a shadow where you got like a whole new like PVE mission that you got to go and do every day. Um, and then like the big one, the 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 creme de la creme from this whole article is controller support. The devs have talked about it. They they talked about it back at um, you know BlizzCon Line. It was something that they they had their eye on and they were working towards and such. But they they came all the way up to the line of confirming that they were going to go through and make sure that controller support was something that was going to be added into the game. And they would say like maybe not at launch or something like that. Uh, but now they have confirmed controller support for Diablo Immortal. And it's also, I would imagine that this is part of the reason why the game is getting delayed to next year. And that is awesome. That is perfect. If, if the whole reason that the game is delayed to next year is just so that they have more time to implement controller support, beautiful. Uh, you know, because we, we've seen, you know, feedback from other people and it's something that I experienced myself. You know, even uh, I even got like a, a like a controller um, thing to put the phone into to help uh, ease your grip uh, in it. Uh, after longer play sessions, it you know, it could get kind of crampy on the hands. Other people, you know, that might have um, issues and such, you know, uh, weren't able to play. I remember, um, you know, watching some of Kriparian's streams while he was playing Hearthstone and was commenting, oh, the reason why I'm not playing Immortal is because it doesn't have controller support. Like, he, you know, because of, like, the, the condition with his shoulder and such that he can't play on a phone. Like, he needs to be able to use a controller um, in order to play the game. Uh, and so this is just going to open it up to more. It, it's going to it's going to stick the landing, and it, it's going to be even more amazing. That anybody that wants to play it and experience like a really great game, but they're concerned about playing on their phone for hours at a time, but it's going to be easier to just you know go through, grab a controller, connect it to your phone, and be able to blast from there. It, it, it's it's the right call. It's the it's the right move to make. And this this is the thing that at least I'm 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 always will be you know enamored with on the Diablo team is just how much they do value um, community feedback in in many respects. And this has been the loudest, most requested feature since the um, the the technical alpha uh, back in December was just like the first feedback was like you need controller support, controller support, controller support, controller support. It has been hammered into the devs time and time again. And well, they they've listened and they've relented, and the you know the the higher ups have also went through and said you know you make a you make a great case, sure, we're okay with delaying the game because it, it's going to make a better overall experience for the player, and of course, which means it's it's going to make the executives more money. But you know, let's let's keep it on a more positive note for the time being. Nine. Let's just let's 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 go let's go with the happy, naive, optimistic look for the rest of the episode, right? Uh, and then finally, they go through and they talk about um, you know character progression. Uh, you know, the it's something that I never experienced because they had like these XP caps and such, and like man, you had to play. You're talking like you had to like just like do like half. Leoric XP runs for like 12 hours and then you would like cap your experience and then you'd have this warning that sat on your screen the whole time that you know your X your XP bonus pool is you know depleted and so you're only gaining like half XP and such um, they, they talk about they're going to be maybe going to be replacing the weekly weekly XP cap with like a global cap that just increases over time that maybe it's something that um you know, maybe it's not, like, hard-coded to, like, weekly resets and can be raised every day. But the biggest change in this one is it means that if anybody starts playing the game, they have the opportunity to catch up. Because if you, and this is something that we saw on, you know, the, the closed alpha, is that if you didn't blast, like, on that Friday, like, when the, the game itself dropped, or the Thursday when the game itself dropped, and you didn't blast through that weekend to Monday and like hit that XP cap, you were forever behind. That's, I believe it's like, um, you know, Lex uh, had like compatibility issues with his phone or something like that. And so he couldn't actually play for the first few days. And then just like, because he missed it, he was just forever like 40 levels behind the rest of the blasters because he went through and he hit that game hard. 
but he could not catch up to the rest of the people because he was forever missing one whole week's worth of that XP cap. And there's just, there's no catching up at that point. Now with this implementation of it's like a kind of like a global XP cap is everybody's limited to the same amount. And if you miss a week, you can make up for it in the next week. As well as maybe introducing some like bonus experience for people that play less often. You know, think of it like rested XP that you see in a lot of MMOs. You know, you log out in the end or something and you get like double XP or 50% XP bonus. You know, for like a little increment of time and such. That just gives people incentive that maybe, you know, sure, you don't have to blast on the weekends. Go play other games or spend time with your family or something like that. Or you don't have to blast because you're going and taking a vacation. You know, you can come back. And, you know, hit the game and, you know, have, have a, like a kind of like a, a meaningful catch-up mechanic. And so that, that's, that's all cool. It's all fine. The one thing uh, that I do have a slight, uh, slight concern on is the whole, uh, they mentioned that they're going to be implementing a system that will enable players with higher Paragon levels or players taking on higher difficulties to receive more powerful items. Now, it, that was another uh, complaint, is that there really wasn't a lot of point of playing, like, Hell 2 or Hell 3 compel, compared to Hell 1. The the increase in uh, the item acquisition didn't really seem to be noticeable comparative to the difficulty that it was in order to kill monsters. Eventually, you would get to the point where your player power was enough that it just, it, well, you're face rolling everything, it doesn't matter. Uh, but for those people that were still in the climb... It's just it was just more efficient to play on Hell One. There wasn't there wasn't there wasn't really a reason to play on Hell Two or Hell Three. Now they're going to be going through and implementing you know um, a system that will give more powerful items to those who played. You know because the the extreme rarity of the triple stat legendaries during the closed alpha that almost seemed as if triple stat legendaries were a bug. You know a, a, a nice afterthought, uh, but. Um, Maybe they'll have, like, that's the way that you actually unlock those with the, the, the better statted items, the higher statted items, um, you know, will, will be behind those. But then the concern of also having it tied to maybe higher Paragon levels it kind of feels like a rich-get-richer type experience. Um, you know, so it, it's something that I'll keep an eye on. Obviously, there's not enough information there to, like, make a full judgment call or to understand the system. We don't know what it is that they're going through and doing. Um, but it is still just at least the, the, the thoughts on it. It's like, you know, I can, I can understand making, uh, making people that play the higher difficulties have access to better loot. That gives, that gives a reason of playing the higher difficulties. But if it's also tied just to your higher Paragon level, uh, you know, I, you know the, the two kind of go hand in hand. If you're a higher Paragon level, you're playing higher difficulties anyways. But, you know, if, if, it, if it's just like, you know, I, I could, you know, I could be in, like, the, the Paragon 50s and still be able, you know, to to kill stuff and participate in Hell 3. Uh, but as but people that were, like, Paragon 150 were able to, like, clear it faster. In addition to also having the bonus of just being Paragon 150, it's kind of like, eh, I'm just going to continue to fall further and further behind and there's no hope of catching up, you know, in, in that particular scenario. So it's just, eh, is what it is. It's my, my only, my only... Uh, concern uh and then of course you know they went through and um also on that call they discussed that blizzard continues to make strong progress on diablo 4 and is allocating substantial resources to creating exciting in-game content and deliver engagement over multiple years you know the diablo 4 all eyes are on that one we got uh you know i i think that we still have some time you know, between like COVID, you know the the this lawsuit and everything else, um, twenty twenty two is looking less and less likely of the actual release for the game. Maybe twenty twenty three, you know, might be might be closer and closer to it. You know, to uh to when we're going to go through and see this drop. But uh, I mean, it's the same thing with Diablo Immortal. Stick the landing, one hundred and ten percent fine. Uh, if the the game takes a little bit longer to develop. Um, if we get a better product for it. Um, so, yeah. 
that, that the video kind of goes through and uh oh one more thing um before i uh forget because i forgot to actually put it on the show notes but i just i'm looking at my open tabs and so i remember now um so uh there is a uh, spanish website uh diablo uh, and they have been data mining the build numbers for the development builds and they kind of like over on their website have a uh, version history which let me go through and bring it up on the screen but they have like a version history of the the different builds for uh diablo 4 that are like publicly available this is uh, something that we saw um like last week i believe it was the uh, the console versions uh got a uh, a version update and there was a, a new um there was a new build that got deployed to the console versions and then just a few days ago um, on the like the, the regular uh, you know non-console CDNs, a, a whole other build number was. And the reason, well, they do these build number updates and such, and we don't really know what any of it means, but all of the previous build numbers that we've had access to were version 0.0.1 point whatever. And now instead of the 001, it's just 02. And that one, obviously, we don't actually know what it means. But we can at least try and infer that maybe it's a significant update. Because the previous, the previous ones were kind of like, would go back and forth between like the builds were called Fenris Vendor, uh, Fenris Vendor or Dev. And then the last couple have go gone back to Dev. So whereas the, the, the last couple updates that we had, you know, might have been like going through and making it available to uh, third parties for compatibility tests or optimization, uh, optimization mechanics for like the programming and code. You know, because we've seen, uh, you know, Microsoft, like some Microsoft uh, articles come out and how they're using like some certain Microsoft utilities and such in order to build uh, a, a better framework for programming and and they've been you know going and doing these in part with the Diablo 4 team talking about how they've been using like the Microsoft frameworks and such to make better uh, code debugging for the development that's been going on for Diablo 4 uh, but this these builds have been labeled uh, dev uh, and so maybe this is a new test uh, as we saw in you know one of the, the the past developer updates was somewhere around like the middle of the year there was like they did like a big uh, uh, team-wide zone test uh, they went through and like we we've got all of the dry steps together let's go and play through it let's let's go through test it maybe this is another form of that Maybe it's the entire game is available for testing from start to finish. Maybe not everything is implemented, but they can at least do a, a dry run through the, the story. Um, you know, we're, we, we just, we won't know. Maybe, maybe they'll tell us more. You know, we've got, we just have a, another two months, you know, uh, before the end of this quarter. You know, we'll, we'll have another development blog update at some point by the end of September. Uh, maybe they'll they'll go back and hit some uh, some more crunchier topics. Not that I loved the the art topic in the last one and the character design that was great. I'd love to see more of that. I'd love to see like one on music, you know. But maybe maybe we'll get um, you know something a, a bit more about the mechanics and systems and such in the game. Uh, they'll they'll talk about you know items is always of course a big topic. Skills, gameplay are always big topics. You know, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, but with that, uh, I, I know I, I meandered about it a, a whole bunch at the beginning of the episode, but uh, I, I do thank you for going through, continuing to listen, you know, to the show. Um, I'm I'm not not going anywhere. You know, I I'm still gonna be here going through and covering Diablo content, you know, because you know it's Diablo's our game, you know, and we we have just as much claim to it as anybody else, and you know I want to see Blizzard do better. You know, and so I'm going to stick around and, you know, give uh, help try and give a voice, you know, to those employees at Blizzard that are trying to make, you know, Blizzard better. I'm just a, a guy retweeting, retweeting stuff on the Internet. You know, uh, you know, there's not a lot of impact 
that I can have in order to affect change at Blizzard, but I, I'm definitely doing anything that I can to support the employees that are trying to actually make meaningful change at the company. So that way it, it is the, the company that I, I have always envisioned it to be, but, you know, behind the scenes really wasn't over the years. But, uh, as I said, we're going we're gonna to keep it, we're going to keep it, you know, kind of on the, the positive note and such. Uh, and so we're gonna just gonna close out the the episode here. You know, thank you, thank you again for going through, coming out, checking out the episode, uh, listening to me rant. Um, you know, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to drop me uh, email at westmarchworkshop at blizzpro.com. Again, that email address is westmarchworkshop at blizzpro.com. Uh, you can also you can follow the show. It's on Twitter at the WM Workshop, or you can follow me on my personal account at Nine Ball Gamer. Um, though uh, truth be told. For the next couple of weeks, it's probably just going to be uh, painting and Warhammer talk and such as I go and try and focus on that tournament. In addition to uh, just you know retweeting you know voices uh, that have you know more impact on the matters going on at Blizzard than my own. Uh, and I, I hope to go through and catch you. And I hope to have a positive uh, tournament report going through coming up uh, when I record the next episode, which should be on August eighteenth. Um, but you know, just follow, follow the show or myself on Twitter and I'll be able to go through and hit you with updates. Cause otherwise we do record the show here every other Wednesday at 9 PM Eastern, 6 PM Pacific over at twitch.tv slash blizzpro. You can find all the episodes uploaded on YouTube or of course, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, your podcasting platform of choice. And with that, I wish you all a good evening and I'll catch you all next time.